0: Hi there, I'm Matt Ashburn, host of the Needlestack podcast. Needlestack is brought to you by Authenticate, creators of the go-to online investigation platform, Silo for Research. If you're looking for a way to conduct research anonymously, protect against cyber threats, all while avoid tipping off your investigative targets, then you want to try Silo for Research. The Silo Research platform completely isolates your online web browsing, allowing you a choice of location and digital fingerprint, and also has built-in workflow and automation tools. The best part is that Silo for Research is software as a service, so it can be used from any computer or location without the need for things like virtual machines, standalone networks, or, or dirty networks. To learn more about Silo for Research, visit authenticate.com. That's authentic with the number eight.com. Yeah, we all want to be special, but not in this case. You don't want to be unique in this case because the more unique you are, the easier it is to identify you. Uh, and it may be tempting to say that, okay, well, I need to modify my location and I need to prevent uh, persistent tracking. So I'll, I'll modify, uh, you know, use the VPN to modify my location. I'll use uh, incognito mode to perhaps remove the cookies, um, or if I don't have a VPN, maybe I'll use free Wi-Fi. I, there are a lot of people out there that I know that actually do that, and it's, it's terrifying, frankly, uh, because even if used in combination, um, these things combined do not equal security, which can compromise your investigation like we talked about before. Welcome to Needlestack, the podcast for professional online research. My name is Matt Ashburn, former White House National Security CISO, and now a purveyor
1: of open source research. And I'm Jeff Phillips, tech industry veteran and curious to a fault. Today, we're going to talk about some common techniques used by researchers to cloak their identity when they conduct research on the web. We're also going to get into the pitfalls of each of those. So Matt, when we talk about common techniques, I'm referring to VPNs incognito mode or private browsing within your browser free Wi-Fi we know a lot of practitioners will look to get off of their corporate network go use free Wi-Fi so we're going to talk more uh, about those and what those solutions will miss or what they miss um, and what else you, you may need to add to the mix and this really all relates back to our podcast last week where we talked about the d- digital fingerprint and and within that uh, session, we ended it by talking about tools that online researchers can use um, in different categories of them. Today, we're going to talk about the, what not to use or wh- where you should at least know there's some shortcomings and you may need to augment them. That's right. And you mentioned last week's episode on the digital fingerprint.
0: And for those that weren't with this, shame on you. You should go back and read it or go back and watch it, rather. Uh, But we'll give you a quick summary. So uh, the digital fingerprint is much like your actual fingerprint in that it's something that uniquely identifies you as a person. And this includes online when you're doing research. This includes things like your browser fingerprints, so your operating system, your uh, date time, uh, your time zone, language settings, uh, the type of browser and the versions of, of things that you're using. Uh, as well as your behavior online you know your pattern of life and how you operate online the uh, the types of search terms you use the order in which you do things all of that matters as well as your location so your ip address online and where you appear to be in the world when conducting research all these combined can be very very unique and uniquely identify you as a person or perhaps associate the research you're doing with your organization and Hopefully not, but it can really pose a big risk and compromise your investigation, and that can result in things like disinformation or misinformation or perhaps the target of your investigation prematurely becoming aware that they're being investigated, and any number of things can happen at that, up to and including retaliation against you. So it, it's very important that we're aware of this. We can't completely get rid of a digital uh, digital fingerprint, but we can mitigate a lot of the risk uh, by using good tools and knowing the risk associated with things like VPNs, incognito mode, and, and free Wi-Fi. Those are very tempting, uh, but please, please, if you're using those today, uh, you at least have to know the risk. There may be a, a time and place for them, but you, you really shouldn't be using them for
1: truly professional online research. You know, if I, I think about a lot of our practitioners, um, that we talk with you know they're they're not your typical user for the it staff right um uh, so on one hand uh those that maybe have some understanding especially after listening to podcast one that they have a digital fingerprint and that they need to manage it that they turn to things like vpns and incognito mode because um they're they're common they're, they're readily available vpns get you know, those are now promoted to consumers where that was a business technology years, years and years ago. And these things, to, in my view, they, they feel or you think that they're working, protecting you in, in the ways that you want to be protected. But as you referenced, and as we'll go deeper into this, that there's lots of elements to a digital fingerprint and other risks besides your anonymity um, that these things don't address, right? Or that they're um, not the best from a, tra- a tradecraft perspective. I think you started to hit on one of the, the first big red flags across any of these, whether it's, you know, a VPN incognito mode, et cetera, which is that they don't do anything to protect you against malware. Um, you know, while that's necessarily the IT team's um, concern, um, you are not, you know, your, your, your machine your, is not protected when you're using any of these solutions.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, it's very important as researchers that we isolate the untrusted content that we're viewing. uh, isolate all of that from the actual workstation that we're on, right? That's very, very critical. Um, of course, there's the obvious cybersecurity issue there, right? Of of perhaps the workstation you're using, uh, being a part of your organization or being part of your, your dirty net, let's say, uh, that can then become compromised and either, uh, uh, destroy information, modify information, and, and really modify the uh, the integrity of your investigation, destroy the integrity of your investigation. And as investigators, you may not care about cybersecurity, uh, although you really should. Um, but most people, frankly, they don't, right? That's the IT team's job. It's, it's uh, the, the cybersecurity folks. It's their job. And I'm just here to do my research, right? That's the attitude of a lot of people that, that I encounter. And frankly, um, even if that's the case, it's wrong, in my opinion. Uh, but even if that's the case, if that's how you feel, you should still care about the integrity of your investigation and the quality of your research, as well as uh, potential embarrassment. Uh, how embarrassing would it be if, if a malicious actor were to uh, infect your, your workstation Uncover your identity, uncover all the other things that you're researching, and then expose that somehow. And we've seen cases over the years where where adversaries have done that, uh, done that exact thing. Uh, Or or perhaps uh, something along the lines of uh, your investigation files being modified. Now you have to go to your client or to your boss or to your your agency that you work for, whoever it is, uh, and you now you have to explain that. Uh, explain why why the analysis may be incorrect, or something that was done previously may have to now be modified, or reconsidered, or completely redone uh, because of this mistake that you've made uh,
1: because you didn't really care about cybersecurity. This goes back while well, we talked about IT staffs. Uh, uh, you know, on the other side, the adversaries these days are as technically astute. And, you know, they're they're their own IT staffs, knowing everything that's going on. That, that's super interesting about what what might happen to my files and stuff on my own desktop, even if I'm not worried so much about. The cybersecurity part of it. Um, let's go specifically. How about in, we go deeper into VPNs and some of the pitfalls around using a VPN, right? So um, we know, or most know, it, it. first thing I get a VPN for is it can encrypt and encrypt the uh, traffic in transit. So I'm, I'm looking to be secure from that standpoint. From an online research perspective, um, practitioners I talk with, it, it's the ability to spoof your IP address. So, you know, get a VPN, I get an IP address uh, that's not associated with me or my company um, uh, now that doesn't put me all in geographies all over the world but at least it hides my my existing ip address but um there's other pieces of your digital fingerprint that can give away where you're coming from right
0: yeah no, that's exactly right and and there's the uh location narrative that we many times talk about so things like the the provider that they're using Um, you know so if it's coming out of some kind of sketchy looking provider that may that may raise some red flags and so you may have certain content that could be blocked so trying to access social media let's say or something like that uh, many many websites and services now block uh, these, these IP addresses of a, a lower reputation. And if you're using a VPN, it's going to be of a, a lower reputation IP address uh, pool typically, right? Because uh, many people are using them and many times abusing those connections. And so they obtain a, a very low reputation many times. Uh, there's also uh, the configurations, right? that that, that, are, that are in use. So things that are still exposed, even if you're using a VPN, are things like your keyboard and language settings, the time zone that you're in, uh, the hardware and software uh, that you're, that's installed on the workstation and even specific versions of those things, and also your behavior, right? A VPN doesn't change your behavior, so even then, uh, it's very difficult. And as we just discussed also, it doesn't provide any cybersecurity benefits, uh, no, no isolation. Certainly, the, the tunnel is encrypted, uh, so anything that's in transit may be protected by encryption, uh, but, but the actual content is still resident on your local workstation. And without that isolation, it's, it's really not a good idea. And so uh, all these things, right, the attributes that are presented in all these things, um, how you're presenting yourself is really the equivalent of a of a cheap disguise, right? Uh, you're, you're trying to fool someone that you're in a different location, but all of these other attributes, uh, your, your keyboard configuration, your hardware configuration, your operating system, and all these things, uh, really are still, uh, betraying you and and
1: disclosing your, uh, your true location or your true intent. Let's talk a little bit then about, you know, some people look to take a VPN, maybe add incognito mode. Again, most folks I think are starting to familiar with that. That's where you can turn on private browsing, um, within your native browser on your desktop. Um, we think about it as, um, well, for one, you know, if anyone looked at my, my history, you know, my kids will use it that way that you won't be able to tell where they went on, on, online. Um, so we think of it in terms of anonymity. Some of us uh, now it falls short in terms of being able to blend in as we talked about uh, earlier. Right. Um, so there's one thing about being totally anonymous and what that can do is in terms of raising suspicion versus being able to manipulate things and actually um, blend in. So what, what do you think about incognito mode as a, as, a, as a way to do your online research? Right. So incognito mode, similar problems, right? Um,
0: you're still not getting that isolation, right? So you're still viewing untrusted content on the local workstation, which is a, a huge, uh, huge problem if you're um, a professional researcher. Uh, not saying there's never a time for this, right? The, and this is true for all these tools. Uh, if you're trying to get the best price on an airline ticket, for example, uh, from your personal computer Incognito mode is great for that, right? There's no cookies left behind and all of those things. So that may be be nice. You're starting with a relatively fresh session and you don't care if the airline eventually knows who you are because you have to put your name and address and all those things in there eventually anyway. But if you're conducting online research, it's important to know that even without those initial cookies... There are many ways to still identify you, whether it's the websites that you visit, the patterns that you have, uh, the platform they use, the canvas fingerprint. And there's all sorts of other fingerprinting techniques, by the way. Uh, the list of fonts and extensions and all these things are very, very easy ways to uh, uniquely identify a particular workstation. So There still are ways that uh, down to a, a relatively small pool and with relatively decent certainty, they can identify uh, you uh, as, a, as a unique individual or a unique device. And again, there's a great website out there, miunique.org. Go check that out. If you don't believe me, uh, check that out and see. You can actually run a quick test, and it, uh, it's nothing to do with me, nothing to do with, uh, with, our, with our podcast here, completely separate group of academics and researchers that are interested in ways to fingerprint browsers and devices. Uh, without things like cookies, right? So uh, it'll be surprising, I, I guarantee you. And
1: I almost guarantee you that your configuration will be very, very unique and, and can be identified. Right. And so unique is a bad thing. We, we all like to be unique in one life, but that is that is a bad thing here.
0: Yeah, we all want to be special, yeah, but uh, not, not in this case. You don't want to be unique in this case because the more unique you are, the easier it is to identify you. Uh, and it may be tempting to say that, okay, well, I need to modify my location, and I need to prevent uh, persistent tracking. So I'll, I'll modify, uh, you know, use the VPN to modify my location. I'll use uh, incognito mode to perhaps remove the cookies. Um, or if I don't have a VPN, maybe I'll use free Wi-Fi. I, there are a lot of people out there that I know that actually do that. And it's, it's terrifying, frankly, uh, because even if used in combination, um, these things combined do not equal security, which can compromise your investigation like we talked about before.
1: All right. So if... Again, if most of the practitioners I engage with when they're getting started, um, if they've learned about their digital fingerprint and, and, and as a gate expert, you know, if they're using VPN, or this is where we're gonna go, step one, or kind of when I first get going, I'm gonna I'll, I'll get a VPN, I'll go incognito, I'll you know go to go to the coffee shop and use their free Wi-Fi, but if that I mean, what we're saying is that that's an incomplete disguise, right? That that's um, that's that's not going to cut it. It, it. You know, if you're doing sensitive research related to your organization, what you do when you're buying plane tickets a whole other story. So, you know, what what should we look for? What should we tell our listeners to look for? Yeah, that's exactly right. And you hit the nail on the head. It's a cheap disguise. All
0: these things, even if you combine them, are still cheap disguises. So, if you were to take um, the image of, of me right now, you know I, I'm sitting here or standing here at, at a desk. Uh, if you were to like modify the backdrop, you know, let's say I just remove the backdrop and, and I put something else, so maybe just a black screen or something like that. And if I put a, a hard hat on, right? Mm-hmm. Some people right. may say, okay, well, you're completely different, right? Yeah. You, you've you've put a hat on, you've changed your, your background, so you're hidden, you're safe. Nobody can ever know it's you but I have certain facial expressions. I have certain, uh, methods of speaking. Uh, I may nod my head pretending like I'm interested in something, right. If I'm talking to somebody that I I don't really care about, um, all these things, right. That, that are combined. I make, make, I might make terrible jokes, uh, whatever the case is. And, um, those things are still unique attributes about me as a person. And so I can still be identified if you've already seen me and you already know generally what I look like or what I sound like, uh, or the topics that I like to discuss. All those things are unique to me. Combined, they're all unique to me. So when you're looking for a solution, you really need those things, right? You need isolation, number one. You don't want that untrusted content coming down to the local workstation because then that can be compromised and compromise the integrity of your investigation, result in embarrassment and and any number of other things, right? And also, you'll you'll, uh, keep the cybersecurity people upset with you you if you don't have things isolated. Uh, there's also manipulation right you can't prevent having a fingerprint and we've mentioned that a couple of times now you can't prevent a fingerprint but you need to be able to manage those elements of your digital fingerprint so that way you can manage the risk associated with it uh, that way you can accommodate different identities and different uh, personas uh, and different attributes right so being able to modify how you appear online whether that's the information sent by the browser your canvas fingerprint, your screen size, again, all of these attributes that are out there. Um, Bonuses, though, uh, that I would look for also are things like uh, workflow enhancements, being able to easily capture information, take notes, uh, do analysis and share information and save information in a safe way, and then uh, integrations as well. There's a lot of applications out there, not just the web browser, a lot of other applications out there. So you want to find a solution there that can uh, ideally uh, integrate with,
1: with your existing applications as well. You know, when you start thinking about those purpose-built tools, um, I think people that are maybe not, you know, different if you're in the SOC and you're a security expert, you're very much into your computer. But if you're a trust and safety analyst that's trying to protect the community or you're, you're very good at investigating money laundering, right? You're not a computer expert or, or whatever. So you, you know, the availability and ease of use of VPN and incognito mode, because in the back of your mind, you, you, you know, you should probably do some protection here, um, but they, you know, not. They'd be uncomfortable to go out and look for this purpose-built solution, and 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 the, uh, to be able to describe to um, uh, internally, you know, why you would need something that's that's purpose-built. So you default to this. Oh, I'll use a VPN. I'll go to free Wi-Fi. Uh, I'll just turn on incognito mode.
0: It's noteworthy that there's a time and place for these things, right? I'm not saying you can never use a VPN or never use incognito mode or never use free Wi-Fi. Uh, look, I use all three of those things for for different uh, for different uh, uh, different different gains, right? So uh, I was recently on a family vacation, and the free Wi-Fi that I was using because it was the only Wi-Fi available uh, blocked almost every website that I wanted to go to. So okay, that that may be saying something about my browsing history, perhaps, uh, but really it wouldn't allow me into like work-related websites and, and things like that because it was very very limited in use. So, okay, I fired up a VPN and tunneled over HTTP traffic or HTPS traffic, uh, TLS, and, you know, hid my online um, research and hid my online activity within that tunnel over the free Wi-Fi. Okay, so that's a perfectly acceptable reason to do it, but you should not use these things for professional online research at work. That is not the time to be using free Wi-Fi, VPNs, or incognito mode. Uh, It can have a significant impact on your research if you're not using those right tools that you should be using, uh, and you need to be able to pull into the crowd. If you can't do that, then your investigation is going to be off to a poor start. And the worst thing is you won't know if your investigation is compromised for the most part. Uh, Many times you won't know if the adversary gets uh, tipped off or you won't know if the target of the investigation prematurely recognizes that they're under scrutiny. Uh, Many times they'll just change their behavior and it will just impair your investigation. You don't want that, so you need to take this very seriously. Well, if you're out there and you liked what you heard today, you can always subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also watch episodes, catch them on our YouTube channel and view transcripts and other episode info on our website, authenticate.com slash needle stack. Next week, we'll be back and we'll have stories from the field on how to conduct secure anonymous online research. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a great show and hope to see you then. Hi there, I'm Matt Ashburn, host of the Needlestack podcast. Needlestack is brought to you by Authenticate, creators of the go-to online investigation platform, Silo for Research. If you're looking for a way to conduct research anonymously, protect against cyber threats, all while avoid tipping off your investigative targets, then you want to try Silo for Research. The Silo Research platform completely isolates your online web browsing, allowing you a choice of location and digital fingerprint, and also has built-in workflow and automation tools. The best part is that Silo for Research is software as a service, so it can be used from any computer or location without the need for things like virtual machines, standalone networks, or, or dirty networks. To learn more about Silo for Research, visit Authenticate.com. That's Authentic with the number 8, .com.